Stop for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Bowman. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you. We, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. Number two is character. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime on the way room taking everything serious and then it all finally paying off. I just, I just know it's more, I know it's more than I can do. So I'm just keep going, see how far I can take it. Post-game press conferences. There's been several things that, that happened even before the season started that, you know, and, you know, they could have just, our kids could have just folded the 10. Uh, you know, it shows character. Game previews, recap. Brought to you by me, your host, Chase. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Swap Report.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Cho Show Podcast here on SwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. And it was not the ending to the season that we were hoping for in Emporia, Kansas, as I suspected. Emporia came out there with a much spirited effort to try to send the seniors out with a win, and they did indeed so, beating UCO 34-14. It was a hard-fought effort from UCO. When we get into the recap here, you will see it was a close game until late in the fourth when Emporia started to pull away. But before we get too far into things here, uh, I'm having the chose show here. I just want to salute uh, and 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 give thanks here to everybody who suited up for the for the bronze and gold this year. No matter if you were a starter, a reserve, or a red shirt, uh, I know it was a tough year. I know that this was not the year anybody was hoping for. But I, I am proud of the, of the effort and the fact that that they that they, they never quit uh, throughout many opportunities this season to quit. Uh, that they, they kept fighting and still at the very end gave themselves a chance to to secure a a uh, winning season. But you know you can learn more in defeat, and the season was still not not a complete wash. Uh, you know for for the seniors here they. They, they never lost a President's Cup. Uh, they, there were three record-setting setting performances this season all at home. Uh, and, and I just think that there's still a lot here you can build off of. There were a lot of younger players here that, for various reasons, were forced to step up. And, and the future is looking extremely bright. So I, I, I know it's disheartening the way it ended and that it has ended. But... Overall, I'm just I, I'm I'm proud of the fight here, and, and I'm I'm just wishing the seniors here, whether you're uh, pursuing you know your 
Pro football dreams, or you're about to enter the enter your career of choice. I wish nothing but the best here moving forward. Uh, that being said, here we will not recap the whole season in this episode. I'm trying to get my man James D. Jackson, editor in chief of Vista, to come on with me next week uh, to do a season recap. But if he is not available to do so, I will do it solo. Uh, but I just figured it would be best just to have a separate video, not separate video, separate podcast after this. So this will probably be a shorter podcast uh, than normal because there's no more previous opponents after the recap part. So I just wanted to get that out of the way to say that on behalf of ChosenTriport.com, uh, we are definitely proud of the of the of the uh, of the effort and the records and memories that were set uh, this uh, uh, this season and. And, and we'll be looking forward to a better season next year and more memories and exciting football to come. That being said, in other UCLA-related news, we're starting here. We're starting with some with huge news about one hour ago, roughly. The UCL soccer team, one of the most dominating soccer programs around, uh, they were playing in the MIAA championship game for the second straight year. You recall they won it last year uh, after beating top seeded Central Missouri one to nothing in the semifinals. They then defeated rival Northeastern State three to one in a shootout after a one to one tie at the end of regulation to win the second straight MIAA championship. So I want to give head coach Mike Cook and, and, and the Broncos soccer team there a huge shout out on behalf of the of the of the, of the Cho show podcast here because that is huge back to back defended the crown and i'm wishing them the best of luck in the in the playoffs here they also got it done in the classroom as 13 players were recognized on the miaa fall honor roll those players are caitlin asher kaylee collins kelsey eason katie Gasaway, Kelsey Gordon, Camille Greer, Aston Johnson, Taryn Tadizor, Madison Motil, Haley Post, Brooke Shugart, Katie Tullis, and Meredith Wilson. So soccer team did get done on and off the field. Volleyball fell to 18 and 12 with a 3-0 loss to Missouri West. They played several times. Central Missouri in the MIAA Tournament quarterfinals Thursday at 2 p.m. in Kansas City, City, Missouri. However, senior defensive specialist Dominique Lapari earned Specialist of the Week and leads the NCAA in digs per set and total digs. So I'm wishing head coach Edgar Mericu and the volleyball team much luck in the NCAA Tournament. And to Dominique Lapari, the Chosha wishes you a big congratulations on on that honor and leading the NCAA in two different categories. Again, Broncos doing big things. Women's basketball improved to three and one with a dominating 84 to 55 home win against Arkansas Fort Smith, and uh, but unfortunately fell in a tough double overtime loss to Southern Nazarene, 81 to 76. Uh, you can catch them in action Saturday at 1.30 p.m. in Hamilton Fieldhouse as they host Cameron. Uh, also, I also failed to mention this last week, 
but in UCL's win over Northwestern Oklahoma State, head coach Guy Hardiker won his 250th game at UCL. So again, after chosen FinalCourt.com here, went to with head coach Guy Hardiker. Uh, congratulations on that huge milestone. That is a lot of wins. And uh, I'm telling you, Coach Guy Hardiker, one, one is just a great, a great interview. Always keeps it 100% honest. Uh, and is also a great coach. So I'm wishing him much success again this season so far. Off to a great start. They also signed Kaylee Wadsworth from Oligan. So uh, we got news on the recruiting trail as well. Men's basketball, again, still getting used to new head coach Bob Hoffman. Uh, they, they won their first game of the season in a 19-point win 63 to 44 over Oklahoma Christian. They did have a fall this past weekend. They had a tournament. Uh, they fell 71 to 63 to William Jewell and then lost earlier today to Upper Iowa 83 to 70 to fall to one and four on the season. They host Midwestern State Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the Hamilton Fieldhouse for the home opener. Now I did peak here. Not a lot of home games between now and January the 4th. So if you want to catch them before the year ends, I advise you do so here quickly. I know they played this Wednesday and then also play next Tuesday, also I believe at 6.30 or 7 p.m. So uh, I plan to get to try to get to one of those before the year ends here. Because again, I'll be trying to make more of a conscious effort to um, report more on the basketball front. Again, we kind of dropped the ball on that on that last year. Now the men's was doing some real damage on the recruiting trail, signing three players the other day. And they signed four, Austin Fitton from Tallahena, guard Devon Richardson from Sand Springs, and guard Jaden Wells from Hearst, Texas. So uh, Bob Hoffman just already getting, getting it done there on the recruiting trail. We're looking forward to seeing here uh, what they bring to the table. I, I was told we have a couple of guys that are registering uh, this, uh, this, this year that are very promising players. So I'm curious to see what the future is for the UCLA men's basketball program. Finally, wrestling was off this week. They traveled to Lindenwood on Saturday for the Lindenwood Open beginning at 9 a.m. And other football-related related news Wide receiver Tyron Howell let, let, uh, let me know on on Twitter that he plans to transfer you with Paul Tyron Howell. Uh, the receiver out of Ida Bell burned his red shirt, I believe, in game three last season. Really helped about a spark there. He was injured this season, and I, I believe he got a medical red shirt. Uh, and so I'm wishing Tyron Howell. The, the best moving moving forward here. That was a guy you recall in that spring, in that scrimmage, preseason scrimmage last year. Uh, I, I have said what, that I have learned was going to be Richard. I said it was going to be hard to keep him off the field because he was just that good. So I'm wishing Tyron Howe the best moving moving forward here. And the final piece of UCL news. Now, I'm going to segue into it here because it's not every day that a true freshman will have some bragging rights over an established senior. Well, that is the case for more freshman safety Dylan Buckeye because his Moore Lions defeated senior linebacker 
Dunham Hall's Edmund Santa Fe Wolves on Friday night at Santa Fe 41-28 in the first round of the 6-1 playoffs. And I happened to be at that game. And let me tell you more. Uh, by far the best game I have seen of them all season here. They passed the ball eight times. They, they, they ran the ball 57 times for 383 yards. Had 29 first downs. Uh, I mean, just, just, just really, really just dominated the line of scrimmage. And I know it, it, by, by now, because I, I plug, I plug more a lot here, but there, there is a guy more now I have not necessarily mentioned a lot of. Now, don't know if he's on UCL's radar. If not, I encourage you so to just look at the guy, just look at the film. Now, I know more. When you think of more, you, you obviously think of Daniel Deuce, Highshaw Jr., the Kansas commit. I will tell you, they have a running back over there more named Jace Gardner. Now, Jace Gardner, to me, if he had the elite breakaway speed like TJ Roberts possesses here, so being legitimate, I, I feel like a legitimate D1 prospect here. Now, what he lacks in speed, he makes up for in power in vision and balance. Let me tell you, it, it, he does not go down on two tackles. It's it, it not going to need three. It's the third or fourth tackle where you finally get him down, and even then you better have at least two to three guys bringing the man down. Uh, his name is Jace Gardner. Uh, I, I believe he's got to be at least around 200 pounds. He is a physical runner. Is a physical runner. I uh, use it in Lowers his shoulder and tre a tremendous, a tremendous balance, and has some stiff form. I, I don't know. I'm sure he has a huddle out there. Watched, watched the film against Owasso. There is a stiff form, I believe, late in the third or early in the fourth. He ended the poor defensive back's career. I, I, I mean, it, it was just, it was filthy. It was something illegal. The stiff form. I mean, it, it, and then he stood on the man at least two to three yards down the field. Just absolute filth. I, I know he had, I think, about 200-some-odd yards against Santa Fe. Uh, was a huge catalyst in that, uh, uh, in, in that, in, in that, in that win. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure Dylan Buckhead right now is, ha is having happy for his lion brethren. Now, the question would be, will Dylan Buckhead's lions? Continue on as they play Stephen Crager Jr.'s Jinx Trojans this week. So we have a battle there of two freshmen, two freshmen alma maters, and the winner out of that to tie it into the last bit of UCL football news is because Wanton Stadium is hosting the Oklahoma High School Football Championships this year. So we're guaranteed to either have Dylan Buck has more lines. Or Stephen Crayer, Jinx Trojans playing in Watton Stadium there. They'll be playing the winner out of Owasso and Broken Arrow. So we could be having uh, in any order here a Dylan Buckhite versus Stephen Crayer or a Stephen Crayer versus Derek Shaw and vice versa here battle. Uh, and also, the number two, also, if that is the case and Broken Arrow does make it, I believe. Former UCO cornerback Malik Walker is DB coach at Broken Arrows. So we can have a lot of UCO connections there 
in the 6A1 state championship game. So something to keep a keep an eye out on. But again, just Darden, in my opinion, is as a quality running back. Uh, again, I'm I'm not sure. I just encourage just, just take a gander at the man's highlights. I'm not disappointed in him. Uh, I, I I'm a huge uh, Jace Gardner fan. Now moving on here to the recap. Uh, again, it was not what we were hoping for. It, it was it was not uh, not. It must be noted here was having technical difficulties yet again because my computer always, for some reason, decides that it wants to uh, it wants to mess up right before kickoff, and you know it, it's it's just it's just annoying, but. The gist of it is, I came in and I saw Brandon George. Well, actually, tell it back. I missed the first drive and I was catching up with it on live stats. And I noticed that Brandon George was in there. So, immediately texting man Chris Brandon. He informed me that Chandler Garrett was sick and did not make the trip. Therefore, uh, Brandon George would make his second career start. Uh, now, I will say, okay, Emporia on the opening drive, drove down the field fairly easily, uh, got the touchdown. Okay, got a touchdown. So UCL was down 7 and nothing here, a 12 play, 75 yard drive. Uh, then, I believe, I think Brandon George would throw an interception again. I have checked the last stats here. But, uh, by the time I got on the field, I got the live stream going here. Uh, O'Shea, O'Shea Harris, the All-American safety playing his final game, will make a big deflection on a third and goal at fourth, a field goal, I to say. O'Shea hauled it over there, uh, made a tremendous play without passing the fair. You know, sometimes, they, you know, depending on referees here, they kind of let they kind of let you get it their way with more physical play. Uh, O'Shea did make the deflection here. They forced a 23-yard field goal, so it was 10 to nothing at the end of the first. Now early on in the second quarter, uh, UCO would cap off a eight-play drive uh, off off of off of an interception from Dylan Buckheim. Remember they had that first. The first career interception for Dylan Buckhite here uh, came on 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 a on, on a deflection. Now I'm not sure who deflected the pass, but it was deflected and then bounced off the wide receiver's hands and then into the hands of one Dylan Buckhite who made a diving pick. That was set up a TJ Roberts one-yard touchdown run, making it 10 to 7. We would then go scoreless here uh, all the way until six seconds left in the half when Emporia would get a touchdown. Now, let me tell you here, okay, I do not fall Kobe Underwood and Jeremiah Hill on this because the wide receiver has been one of the better executed moves I have seen in quite some time. I uh, j- just ran a beautiful route with a beautiful cut. Got open for a 23-yard touchdown. 
but UCO would go down 17 to seven at the half. Now, Monkey, but Monkey notice here too that we had a big return earlier in the second quarter. Dustin Bonson, I mean, a beautiful return. I'm gonna tell you, a beautiful return was called back, unfortunately, for a blocking back. Now, UCO would have had the ball at the 14 yard line instead, ended up at the 41. Believe on that drive, Tom Griffin would, would fumble the ball there, and then the drive would end up in a punt. And the other note I have here in the first half was Byron Byrne, another senior here, would get a sack or would have to play before the touchdown. So we're going to see Byron Byrne also in his final game getting a sack. Moving on into the second half here now, UCO will start to have strong. Okay, they will take uh they will take the opening drive there. Uh, a score a touchdown on a 10-yard pass to Dustin Boskis. So good to see Dustin Boskis here giving a touchdown in his final final game. Uh, then UCO would get a stop. Okay, but the they had a, a pooch punt from their quarterback. Beautiful pooch pooch punt with, with the ball would be down at the five. Uh, and then we would be held scoreless here again until the fourth at the 11.57 mark here when Emporia quarterback Brandon Gleason would throw a dart, I mean a dart to wide receiver Will Amos for a 37-yard touchdown. Now, let me tell you here, it was over Jakari. I, I, it, was it was just a beautiful pass. I mean, Jakari was there. Okay, now the, 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 uh, Will Amos did have a step <coughs> on Jakari, but the pass was just right on the money there. That would make it 24 to 14. So at that point, you're still thinking here, okay, we're still in this ball game. We're still in this ball game. However, Brandon George would fumble on the next drive. That would lead to a 29 yard field goal. Like okay, a 27 to 14 or 439 left in in the game then on the following drive brandon george would throw an interception here you see it would still get the stop with roughly 320 to go so i want to give credit here for the UCO defense this is a, 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 again a unit here early on really struggled really could have folded the tent here but they fought back uh, I, I mean, just play good football down the stretch. You're still get used to a chance in this game. However, Brandon Jordan, let me tell you, would just get mollywopped from the blind side here as he was about to throw the ball. I mean, j just got absolutely destroyed. I fumbled the football. It would be recovered for a touchdown by Trayvon Ammons. With fit with 307 to go in the game, making it making it 34 to 14. Brandon George would get shaken up on the uh on the play, but, but would walk off or would walk off the field under his own power. Uh and then that would that would lead Will Collins to come in on the final drive. Uh that drive ended as time expired and UCO fell. Two Emporia State 34 to 14 in the season finale, dropping to five and six on the season. 
Now you look at the box score here. The one got UCO was the fourth quarter. I scored 17 to nothing. Uh, but again, I, I like what I saw out of defense there. They, 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 they gave the offense a chance to win. If we're looking here at the box score, a UCO had my notes straight. I have so many notes here. You will not believe. Uh, UCO had 10 first downs, 64 rushing on 28 attempts, 111 passing yards, with one touchdown and two interceptions, 175 yards of offense. They were 6 of 15 on third down, over 3 on fourth, 2 of 2 in the red zone. Also had two sacks on the uh, on, on day. Now, Emporia, 21 first down, 189 rushing yards on 52 attempts, uh, 160 passing yards, two touchdowns to one interception, 349 yards of offense, nine of, nine of 19 on third down, one on one on fourth, four four in the red zone. They had four sacks. Now, again, we're looking here. Employer ran 19 more, 19 more plays and UCO Rico still held them to under 350 yards. Now, if you're a fan of the NCAA 14 series, you would get coaching points for that. So again, the defensive effort there, I was definitely proud of, to say the least here. Um, they, again, they did everything they possibly could to keep UCO in the ball game. I am looking at the individual stats from the game. Uh, we're looking here, Brandon George, 14 of 13 of 27, 100 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Will Collins on that final drive of three or four for 11 yards. Uh, then we got rushing the ball here. TJ Robert, 12 carries for 34 yards, one touchdown. Brandon George, 11 carries, 14 yards. Those were sacked three times. We had 37 before losing 23 on the sack. Will Collins, two carries, 10 yards. Uh, then receiving wise, we have Dustin Voss with seven catches, 56 yards, one touchdown. Josh Moore, five catches, 41 yards. Dante McGee, two catches, 14 yards. And TJ Roberts, one catch, three yards. And officially here, uh, we were led by the by the senior linebacker trio, Dylan Hall led with 13 tackles, one TFL. Jeremiah Hill, 12 tackles, one TFL. Byron Burns, 11 tackles, one TFL, one sack. Kobe Underwood, who had an immaculate first quarter. Five tackles, Jakari, four tackles, O'Shea, four tackles. Dracon Brown in his final game, four tackles, two TFLs, one sack. Just, again, I hate to see him go because he's pretty in quarter. And I just would have liked to have seen if we got a full 11 games out of him with his hand in the dirt. Mike Rios, three tackles, the fun stars, three tackles. Isaiah Major, two tackles. Chris Lewis, two tackles, one TFL. Trayvon Craig, two tackles. Joseph Rock, two tackles. Steven Crager, two tackles. David Bomber, one tackle. Adrian Cross, one tackle. Isaiah Feaster, one tackle. Derek Shaw, one tackle. 
Richard Deshear Jones, one tackle, and the senior long snapper Josh Otabo, one tackle. Then we're playing the ball here. Jay Tedesco in his final game averaged 45.2 yards per punt with a long of 60. One down inside the 20 and one of 50 or more yards. Uh, but again, you know, it, it's wasn't the ending that we wanted. Um, but again, I, I just was proud of the fight. I was proud of the effort shown. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just, it's something here. You know, finish five and five and six, but again, we, we finish the year off three and one. Uh, if you if you if you look at it here, because again, I'm not going to go into great detail here uh, as far as the complete season recap. I will read the stats before we go, uh, but the, this this my cursory just off the top of my head here just take away from the season. You know, there were there were some games that really hurt. I mean if you if you look at the season opener here against Pitt State, you know we shot we shot ourselves in the fourth and we're down what 34 to 7 at the half. Come back, you almost went down one that's a close loss. Missouri Western, that was a seven point loss. I mean, you get like that right there would have put you at seven and four. Would have got us back to a bowl game. Even just looking at the standings, if you would look at here in the podcast, we definitely have got us back into a bowl game. And then, and, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought last year, it was a similar situation here where a couple of plays determined UCL having a winning season and, and, a, and a bowl game. And a losing record, and it's just that unfortunately this 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 year you should have not always get the lucky bounces. But to me, what stuck out the stuck out the most was in spite of that, the team still fought hard each and every week. Now I know the score war might not have shown it, but I, I I just the fight again. You can't say enough here about the character of the football team. Uh, so I, I'm thinking here, you know, we're losing 15 seniors, some impact guys, you know, uh, O'Shea, Dustin, um, Tony Stillwell, Nick George, Jacob Blair, Jakari, you know, Dylan Hall, Byron Burns, Jake Tedesco. We're losing some standout guys here, but you know, it, 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 we we saw we saw a lot of young guys have to play due to injury. You know, a couple of young guys here that stand out to me: Marlon Hughes. Uh, Marlon Hughes was playing great football before he was out for the for the season. Um, Isaiah Major, uh, they be the true freshman. He has a bright future. Dylan Buckhide, the true freshman. He has a bright future. Tiro Robert, the true freshman. He has a bright bright future. You still have Colby and Daniel Bauman back. I mean, you look at the name at the name of the front here. Uh, Derek Shaw, I think he's just a registered freshman. He came on strong late. Uh, you know, you you you, you uh you still have Mike Reels back. You'll still have Richard Desir Jones back. You'll still have Corey Brown Jr. back. So you still looking good there. You also have uh, Alex Quinto back at, 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 at kicker here. 
Okay, and then you look offensively here, you still return every quarterback. Okay, you return every running back. At wide receiver, you returning everybody but Tyron Howe and Dustin Vosk. But you also remember here that Mikhail Hall is pretty much out for the whole season. That was a huge blow in itself because Mikhail Hall was a guy came on strong towards the end of last season here. We're looking forward to seeing him take the next step. You know, he was banged up. Uh, you know, they, they you still have Preach back. You know, Preach can hold on, can, can just fix the ball security. Preach is back. Josh Moore is back. Now, J Josh Moore is a guy that also came on strong late this year. I was very pleased with him. Uh, then you have two of my favorite, 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 favorite players this season. And Dawson Hurlson, who again, just also really, just really impressed me here in the limited catches. Uh, that he had and then John Myzel the fourth uh that 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 threw for a couple of couple of touchdowns this season on some on some on some trick plays also stepped up big so I'm liking what we have there uh and then if you're looking at H back here we're still returning Dante McGee and you're also returning Isaiah Jackson who was also injured you're all losing back to Williams there and Marshall Tolson, now Marshall Tolson really hurts. Uh, just a quality blocker there. Um, but, you know, and then they also moved Von Appleman from defensive end to ace back the past two games. Curious to see where he ends up. Uh, and then, you know, and then if you're looking on the uh, on the line here, you're still returning Ben Ralston. You're still returning Lane, Lane Graham, a very talented true freshman, Jacob Sisler. The, the, to me, there's still the town here returning now. A lot of guys got experience here. I, next year, I'm thinking health, health-wise, stay okay. Guys adapt to their new role. I'm, I'm liking the future here of the program. Uh, again, Yes, this year we had high we had high hopes. It didn't it didn't happen. You know it, it just it happens sometimes. But what's important here, they finished the year strong. They finished three and one down the stretch here. They still still have positive momentum heading into next season. And now they should be hungry. I, I, I'm hoping that you are in that locker room right now. If you're a training player here, that you're going to use this as motivation in the off season get stronger in the weight room during spring football to improve in every aspect of the game so when next season come comes around and the season opener okay we are ready to go that that that's ready to put this bad taste in your mouth behind you here and and and, and get back on track here and get back to winning football that, that that'd be the hope here heading heading into the offseason. I'm looking here at the overall season, season stats here for UCO. I'm gonna start off with the offense here. Averaging 34.7 points, points per game, with 188.8 yards per game rushing, with 25 touchdowns and five yards carry. Okay, now I, I was not aware that we ran the ball 
that successfully game in and game out. Now that to me is huge because again, if you look at, again, the line struggles early on. So they they, they, they they came on strong late and I want to give head coach Nimmer a credit there because he is the line coach. They made necessary changes and down the stretch, I would say if you take away Emporia, I don't know how much of that is solely on the line and on the or on the inexperience of Brandon George back there. But the line down the stretch played tremendous football. It was obviously evident because they were not not been able to set the offensive records here in a couple of games this season without necessarily blocking. So I do want to give that that line some credit there. And I also want to give Jacob Blair a lot of credit, okay, because he had a couple of rough games there. A one where he was benched in the second half. Len Grantham came on strong before he was unfortunately injured there. I want to give that unit and him a lot of credit there for finishing the year strong, for fighting through the adversity. Passing, uh, 219 yards a game, 22 touchdowns to nine interceptions, averaging 408 yards per game. Um, Then we're looking here. Forty-six percent on third down, twenty-nine percent on fourth. They had fifteen fumbles, but eight of them they lost. Uh, now the problem here, they were sacked thirty times. Now again, seven of those sacks came against Northwest Missouri State, one of the better teams in the country. Okay, and and again down the stretch, minus the four on Saturday. Really not a whole lot. I mean, if you're looking at that Missouri Western, I would say for the Missouri Western game on down prior to Emporia, just to me, overall, good line play. I think that the early season struggles here really inflate the sack total. Um, and then defensively for UCO here, they allowed 31 points, points per game. Uh, we had 175 yards per game rushing, 16 touchdowns, four yards carry. Uh, Passing wise, 217 yards, 24 touchdowns, the eight interceptions. What we had here, 300. That only 392 yards per game. Now this is again, this is another unit here early on in the season. You take away the Kearney game, okay? They, it, it, it was. It was it was tough. It was tough mainly because there was no pass rush. No pass rush. If you recall, it was not until the Central Missouri game. Okay, that would have been game game six. It was not until game six where they got the first sack. Okay, so that also contributes to the high point total there because again, you can't get pass rush. You cannot, you know, disrupt enough to get pressure to force bad passes. I've been on this field before. So that to me is huge. Now down the stretch, okay, once Drake Home Brown got the sack the end of the first half in National Missouri game, the sacks have been rolling in. Now, and that has also helped to better defensive numbers. I would say 
minus the Missouri Western game that was an absolute shootout. I mean, even against Fort Hayes, giving me a amount of snaps there, I was pleased with defensive effort on that one. You took away the Missouri Western game that was an absolute shootout. Defense played played it really well. Now you could say, you know, that that the Northeastern State game might have inflated that. But they held their own against yeah, I said an improved Missouri Southern Ball Club. Okay, and then, uh, that that was a game where entering that game, I was indeed concerned because, because Jacob Park, as as Coach said in that post-game interview, was, was probably the most talented quarterback that he's seen in the conference. Okay, Jacob Park again, a D1 guy. They had a trio of wide receivers, including a 6'7 guy, and they held him to 27 points. That right there, to me, epitomized the improvements on defense, and it all started to me with pass rush, uh, and most notably, Drake Hawk Brown, again, leading the team sacks here. Just great football down the stretch. I don't know if there's any way he could Get a sixty-year. Uh, can we can we can we check that? Because I just I I, I just want to I would just like to have seen him play eleven games with a hand on the ground. We're gonna take Drake on Brown. With j- I mean, it just absolute force down the stretch. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping here he gets a chance in at, at, at least in one of the various leagues here. Because that 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 man's passing ability is just is just. It's bar none, bar none. So I, I, I'm hoping here he gets a shot somewhere. Uh, they were looking here. Uh, they allowed 39% on third down. So it, it, they they got off the field. We had a certain defense at any time. You are, I mean, that is a low percentage there on third down. They allowed a 47% on fourth down. So still under 50%. Um, they forced they forced 21 fumbles and recovered 12. That is a very efficient clip. They recovered pretty much half the fumbles they forced. Uh, they had 13 sacks. Okay, and then I mentioned before they also had where we here eight interceptions. Now looking at the individual leaders here, uh, rushing the ball, we had T.J. Roberts 127 carries for 6600. 68 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 5.3 yards per carry. So a uh, very good year for TJ Roberts. Now the, now the touchdown numbers pretty much kind of inflated there. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna lie. A lot came in, in that Northeastern State game. But regardless here, a good season for TJ Roberts. I, I feel like a lot of the times he was one block away from a, a huge run, I feel like we didn't get to see the full explosiveness of TJ. I know he was also banged up some of the season. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is a guy I'm really high on here, and I, I doubt that I'm alone in that because you saw the flashes here. Hopefully next se- next next season here, he he has better luck health wise, and, and we can really see. Uh, the, the, the explosive player of Peter Robert that made me stop looking at his Jubal highlights one play in because he hurdled a standing defender and scored the touchdown. And I have to just stop at that point. 
because what else is there to see? I said we have Kevin Garrett, 101 carries, 235 yards, a nine touchdown at 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, Taj Griffin, 29 carries, 177 yards, one touchdown at 6.1 yards per carry. Man, Sabor Daniels, 30 attempts, 174, three touchdowns, and 5.8 yards carry. I didn't see him, and I, I, I was glad he, I was kind of concerned a minute there that with the addition of Todd Griffin and then with uh, Peyton Scott in the mix off of red shirt here, I, I was curious to see how Sabor Daniels was, was going to fare in the, in, uh, in the, in the, 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 the backfield. And Sabor Daniels felt, uh, uh, fared well. I think they got out of there a lot more than I expected him to do so. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad for, for Sabor Daniels. I hopefully will have a, a solid junior, junior season next year because I'm telling you that that backfield is scary because, you know, we, we are losing Todd Griffin. But again, you, you have TJ back, you have Sabor back, have Peyton Scott back. Uh, you have Tucker Pauly, and then you and then you also have Will Phillips, okay, the running back out of uh, out of Enid here that has some D1 offers that red shirt. So I, 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 this is a very loaded backfield here. Now I'm looking forward to seeing what the running game does and and, and how the carries will will work out. And then you have Will Collins. 37 carries, 135 yards, one touchdown. Brandon George, 24 carries, a buck 33, one touchdown. Keats, 27 carries, 7 yards. Peyton Scott, 14 carries, 60 yards. And then here are some sweeps. Josh Moore, one carry, 14. Dustin Boss is two carries, 11. And Tucker Pauly, six carries for nine yards. And passing the ball, leading pass of the season for Chandler Garrett, uh, 52% completion percentage, eight touchdowns and two interceptions. Now, that, that is a huge improvement. I will say that is one of the big takeaways this season, the improvement of Chandler Garrett passing the ball. Uh, you recall last year, I didn't have much confidence in the man passing the ball. Now, I can simply say this year, I have great confidence in the man passing the ball. And I'm hoping that he can, that he can, that he can continue to improve on that front. Because Chandler Garrett, um, let, let, let me tell you here, him running the ball, uh, as you saw down the stretch, was, was definitely one of the better play calls. Uh, and if we can get him throwing, throwing the ball at a at a at a at a, at a higher rate, uh, would, would just be a lot of pressure on the opposing defenses here. So I'm looking forward to seeing the improvements that he makes uh, next season, and I believe be his senior year. So hopefully he can he can end, end strong. Uh, he has 716 yards. Will uh Will Collins 55% complete prison percentage, five touchdowns, two interceptions, uh 636 yards. Will Collins got kind of surprised here by his season. 
Uh, Crooked hip, especially the way that he ended down the stretch there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I just, it just, it just seemed off this year. I just see it just seem off to me. Uh, and then Keats here again in another injury short of season. Uh, 52% completion percentage, three touchdowns to one interception, 575. It, 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 this is this is a you know Keats is a guy here that I I I I've mentioned before several times. It, to me, is a quality quarterback. He's just unfortunately had the injury. Well, I, I know he got a six-year for the injury, for one of the seasons. I, I'm just I'm hoping that he can turn back home because to me, Keith is a quality quarterback. Go back last year again, playing great football early on and then gets hurt. And then again this year, playing solid football and then gets hurt. I just, hopefully Keith will stay healthy here. I, I, just, I really like to see him have an opportunity to at least play a full season here without the injury bug. Uh, then we have Brandon George, 55% complete percentage, four touchdowns, four picks, 257 again, the man is raw here, but we saw the flashes, so I'm curious to see what he does next year. Then you also have Draymond Zelda, fourth, two of three with one touchdown. And then again, man, Seymour Daniels, one of one for 46 yards and one touchdown. Seymour Daniels this year, I'm just telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, Seymour Daniels, this guy here, that he, he says talent. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I like they were able to get him involved in a variety of ways here. Uh, you recall Samuel Daniels was also a quarterback at Tulsa East Central. So Samuel Daniels, we look at you when he had three rushing touchdowns, you know, one passing touchdown. So that man finished with with four touchdowns of the other season. So uh, again, I'm glad for Samuel Daniels. Now receiving-wise, Dustin Voss is here, 51 catches, 777 yards, eight touchdowns. Feel like if he did not have that, that ankle injury, might have been flirting with a thousand yard season. Uh, again, I, I just unfortunately again just the ankle injury robbed him of 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 a game, and then he missed part of some other games. Uh, really would like to see him play four games too. I think he would have had easily a thousand yards because uh, he was on an absolute tear. And we have Josh Moore. With uh, 16 catches, 220 yards, three touchdowns, kid. Came on strong, laid top different 10 catches, 175, two touchdowns. Mikael um, Hall, again, in the injury shortened season, 12 catches, a buck 38, one touchdown. Boston Huddleston, again, a guy I'm really high on here. Nine catches, 137, one touchdown. Dante McGee, 12 catches, 104. TJ Roberts, 13 catches, 97 yards. Uh, Jay Dago Richards, another guy that I believe was also injured at one point in time here. Six catches, 84 yards, one touchdown. Another guy who hopefully was off the back. Bizel, the fourth, <coughs> four catches, 71 yards. But again, he just made the most of his opportunities there. 
Payne Scott, five catches, 63 yards. Shane Bordeaux, three catches, 56 yards. And then Tyrone Howell, uh, in the only game he played all year, one catch for 10 yards. And Isaiah Jackson, again, only one catch, four yards. Um, both were touchdowns, actually. So Tyrone Howell had a touchdown in his only catch. And Isaiah Jackson had a touchdown in his only catch. And then Marshall Tolson, the senior, one catch for one yard. But again, just a tremendous blocker that will be missed. Then defensively, he a little tackle All-American safety, O'Shea Harris. 71 tackles, four and a half TFLs. Five breakups, one fumble return. Jeremiah Hill, 64 tackles, three TFLs, three breakups. One quarterback hurry, one fumble recovery, one forced fumble. Dylan Hall, 56 tackles, one TFL. One breakup, two fumble, fumble returns. Uh, Jakari Hunt, 52 tackles, three TFL, one sack, three breakups, two forced fumbles. The cards that I'll miss, I'll miss that man because he's just such a physical football player. Uh, he's, just, he's just a guy that, I'm just a solid player. Uh, I will also be definitely missing seeing him roaming around in the secondary. Brian Burns, 52 tackles, five TFL, one sack, two forced fumbles, and him, him and uh, Jakari there, uh, two of the hardest players on the team. Derek Shaw, the North Texas transfer, <coughs> the North Texas transfer, 40 care, I mean, not 40 carries, 40 tackles, two TFL, one sack, one quarterback hurry. Kobe Underwood, 36 tackles, one TFL, uh, four interceptions to lead the team, two breakups, one forced fumble. Again, Kobe Underwood is a guy here. The future is bright for the next two seasons. Uh, Drake Home Brown, tragic. Tragic man to see. 30, 30, 32 tackles, eight and a half TFL, six. And a half sacks in what five games? Uh, doing two quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, and one fumble, uh, two recoveries, one for touchdown, and one forced fumble. Nicole Brown, that last five games of the season, absolute beast. Yeah, just, just absolute beast. Um, Jason Harris, uh, the registered freshman for Booker T. Washington, 27 tackles, two TFL, one quarterback hurry. Then we have Mike Rios here, 27 tackles, two TFL, one quarterback hurry. Uh, Dylan Buck, high the true freshman, 23 tackles, one interception. Uh, Caleb Murray, 22 tackles, three and a half TFL, half a sack. One forced fumble. Daniel Ballman here. Again, did a great season from, from uh from Daniel Ballman here. 19 tackles, one interception. Lead, led the team with 11 pass breakups. The big problem was a guy last year, getting Kobe. Started off, it was kind of rough. <clears throat> Finished strong there. Down the stretch, last season, carried it over this season. I'm pleased by the growth of both of those, those guys. Uh, Darius Winston, 19 tackles. 
one breakup, one fumble, fumble, recovery, Chris Lewis, 18 tackles, two and a half TFLs, one interception, six breakups, two. Oh, yeah, two block kicks. Forgot about that. Chris Lewis brought two kicks this year. Uh, Richard Desir Jones, 17 tackles, one TFL, one sack. Stephon Stark, 17 tackles with a half TFL, one hurry, one fumble recovery. Isaiah Major, 17 tackles, two breakups, one fumble recovery. Steven Krager, 16 tackles, two TFL, one sack. Joseph Rock, 14 tackles, one quarterback hurry, one, and they have listed as a kick block here, okay. Uh, Isaiah Feaster, 14 tackles, one, uh, one and a half TFLs, one forced fumble. Christian Malloy, 12 tackles, a half a TFL, two breakups, two fumble, fumble recoveries. Adrian Cross, 11 tackles, three breakups. Um, Marlo Hughes, 11 tackles, two TFLs, one interception, three breakups. Again, is a guy that only played five games. I'm telling you, Marlo Hughes has a bright future. Um, and then KK, he 11 tackles, one TFL. Uh, Trayvon Craig, 10 tackles. Um, and then with Devin Badgett here, five tackles, half a TFL, and Jet, one record, four tackles. And looking here at the special teams, uh, what we got here, punting, Jake's desk punted the ball 55 times this year, averaged 42 yards a punt. A long of 63, five touchbacks, seven fair catches, 17 inside the 20, 13 of 50 or more yards, and then kicking the ball for Vado, eight of 11, uh, two of two from 20 to 29 yards, five of five from 30 to 39, one of three from 40 to 49, over one from 50 plus, long of 42, and had one blocked, and then he averaged 59. 27 yards on 70 kickoffs, 28 touchbacks. And then returning wise, on punch, Dustin Pockets, 11, 11 returns, 147. Bazell, 1 for 27. And Preach Phillips, 3 for 19. Uh, the kickoff, Dustin Pockets, 9 returns for 218 yards. Josh Moore, 5 for 76. A preach five for sixty-one. Tom Clifford one for seventeen. Seymour Daniels one for fifteen. Did not know that. Well, I'm telling you, Seymour Daniels quietly here registered stat running, passing, <clears throat> receiving, and returned. I was gonna put that out there again. Uh, just. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, that that right there is a nice surprise. Uh, then we at the at the at the scoring leaders. Covado led the team seventy two points. T J Roberts for sixty. Charlie Garrett fifty four. Boskins forty eight. Preach twenty four. Josh Moore and Seymour Daniels eighteen. 
Uh, Todd Griffin here with also 18, Will Collins 6, Mikhail Hall 6, Kobe Underwood 6, Draquan Brown 6, Rollo Hughes 6, Dylan Hall 6, Austin Huddleston 6, Isaiah Jackson 6, Dale Richard 6, Brandon George here, who just came to right. Um, 6, and then Tyrone Howe. So uh, that those are the the season stats there. Um, again, next week, uh, hopefully, I'm joined by uh, one James D. Jackson as the chief of the Vista. But before we go, the final MIAA standings: we have co-champions and co-champions after Northwest Missouri defeated. Undefeated Tinsel, Missouri, 45 to 23 on Saturday. Um, so both of those teams at 10 and 1 shared the conference crown. Third is Fort Hayes at 8 and 3. Now, okay, if you recall last week, I had my soapbox about the Northeastern State Riverhawks. Okay, now the Fort Hayes traveled down to the Tahlequah. Bob Wiley Stadium for senior night. Now let, me, now let me tell you here, okay, in Northeastern State was in that game. Now you might be thinking, you know, laughing your head off right now. They were in that game. It was only 13 to nothing after the first quarter. Now that right there, I, 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 that's probably the best quarter of football they played this whole season. So you have to get the credit right there. Now, unfortunately for uh State, that's where things would go south. Now they they they, they were scoring a touchdown in the second quarter. Okay? So you could be to yourself, hey, it might only be a six-point game. Well, I hate to break it to you because that was not the case. Okay, because they were outscored in the second quarter. 42 to 7 in route. Now, if you recall, UCO hung what 82 on them. I said they could have had 96. I think the high they were allowed all season was 86 to Missouri Southern. That was unfortunately shattered on Saturday inside Black Wall Stadium in Tahlequah, Oklahoma as the now all 11 Northeastern State Riverhawks lost to Fort Hayes by the score. Now again, if you're driving here, fair warning, because this score is bad. This score is bad, and much like I did uh, when they played Missouri Southern, I will read the recap, okay, because there was some records set in this game for Fort Hayes. I have four Hayes win this game inside Duck Wong Stadium, Tuck Walk, Oklahoma, Saturday. The league was 2 p.m. kickoff as well. Uh, they beat Northeastern State 91 to 7. 91 <coughs> to 7. Here, let me take a take a drink of water on that. Let that breathe.
Y'all good? Okay, 91 to 7. Just wanted, you know, you all to catch your breath there. Case there were some uh, drop draws. Uh, now, looking at the recap here. Uh, okay, we're going to just, I'm going to skip the first paragraph. We're, we're going to go into the second paragraph. And it reads, the 91 points shatters the single game mark of 66, 66 set earlier this season and it went at Lincoln. The Tigers finished the year, and I don't care, I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. Um, where we at here? Um, yeah, that was it. That, that, that was it. Uh, that, 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 that was it. That day. Oh, no, there we go. Here we go. I'm at the sixth paragraph. The 734 yards of, of total offense was the second most in school history. Uh, so UCL was not the only person to set records, records against them. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm sure most teams probably did similar set, 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 set records against them. And to uh, and since we're on the subject here, let me go ahead here and just read the stats. Just, just the season stats here for Northeastern State. Okay, because I was looking at it last night. I was just curious to see what they were looking like. Let me tell you here, okay, I'm going to just read these off to you. We're not going to look into the individual. Go we'll just look at the team stats. Okay. I know that no interstate this year. Average 9.7 points per game. And scored 107 points in 11 games. They averaged 88.6 yards per game rushing. With seven touchdowns and two and a half yards per carry, a buck thirty-nine passing, with six touchdowns and ten interceptions, a two hundred and seventy-seven point six yards per game, and they punted the ball ninety-seven times, and they only kicked off thirty-one times. Uh, now they they did surprisingly win time for possession battle by about roughly 50 some odd seconds this season. They were 20% on third downs, 0% on four downs, only had five sacks in 11 games, scored 14 touchdowns in 11 games, uh, was three or four on field goals, 74% in the red zone, 58% being touchdowns, 86% on PAT. Now, defensively here, allowed 65.2 points per game, allowed 717 points this season, 300. And 52 and a half yards per game rushing at 7.9 yards per carry with an, with, now, now this right here, with the whopping 
57 touchdowns. They, 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 they allowed 50 more rushing touchdowns than they have all season. <clears throat> Passing the ball. Allowing 246 and a half yards per game with 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Allowing 599 yards per game. They forced 26 punts all season. Um, let's see here. They allowed a 46% on third down. A 65% on fourth down. They allowed 32 sacks. Um, they allowed 98 touchdowns. 9 13 on field goal. 92% in the red zone. 29% on touchdowns. 96% on PAT. And the quarter by quarter breakdown. That now they were outscored in the first quarter. Two. 109 to 23 in the second quarter, 230 to 31 in the third, 191 to 29, and in the fourth, 87 to 24. So, uh, again, here, uh, don't use the state finishing the second straight win of the season. Uh, just spoiler alert, coming in dead last in the conference. Uh, and uh, coming in fourth is Missouri Western. So possibly 8-3 this year. That's a team I did not see being as good as they were this year. Uh, they ended the season with a 71-8 win over Lincoln. Uh, Kearney coming in at fifth at 6-5. Had a 57-41 loss to Washburn. I have not no Wasburg to put up that many points. But uh, they apparently did. Pitt State finally entered a five-game skid on senior night. The finished sixth in the conference with a 65-6 win over Missouri Southern, who just cracked the bed right there. Uh, scored 12 points in the final two games of the season for, for Missouri Southern. A Washburn coming in at seven at six and five, UCO at five and six, Emporia four and seven, Missouri seven at two and nine, Lincoln at one and ten, and then I'm in the four here, Northeastern State at all and eleven. So I can do it for this week's episode of the podcast again next week. Hopefully, I'll be joined by James D. Jackson, editor in chief of the Vista, uh, to join me here for a more in depth. Uh, season recap because I'm sure the takeaway from this was how they would see more Daniels fan I am. But we will have more of a balanced breakdown. Uh, I will be able to talk about if he's there or not. Uh, we're going to break down here uh, who caught our eye uh, this this, uh, this 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 season here. Our standouts. Uh, and, and just overall here, outlook moving forward here, heading into next season. Uh, that being said here, we will again, before have a couple of basketball specials, uh, probably a early season one, mid season, and end of season for basketball as well. Um, I will try to get a couple of specials in here. 
Um, I don't know how my time is going to be because I'll go ahead and share the great news. After roughly six months of praying, searching, and hoping, I was blessed with the opportunity to, to join the Oklahoma City Thunder as a production assistant. So I'm not entirely sure here what the schedule will be looking like. Uh, I also may or may not be having a show on OKC CBS Sports Radio about the OKC Blue. So uh, we, we're, try, we're gonna try to figure out here, we, we should uh, try to get some specials in. I know what it is around the holidays, uh, players will be, will be going home and stuff and then you have finals. Uh, but we uh, will try my best here. Also, also be getting better equipment here soon for Christmas. Should be getting a better microphone and a microphone stand here. Uh, so we should be having a better quality audio too. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so big things here on the horizon for the podcast. So that's going to do it. Uh, my name is John Gillow, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later. That's all, folks. Bye. Have a great time. Thank you. Come again.